Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to the Future of Leadership, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Paul McCarthy. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Paul's episodes, we'll cover practical insights, tips, and executable activities to get you thinking about the future of leadership in your organization. Let's begin. It's time to reframe the narrative. It's time to create the conditions for our leaders, leadership teams, and organizations to have open and honest conversations that matter. I'm Paul Mack from Paul Mack Leadership, just a poor boy from Shepherd's Bush, challenging the way things are done. I've adopted a counterintuitive approach to the future of leadership that's starting to gain traction. What I'm sharing is raw, it's unconventional, but it's always focused on having the conversations we need to have. Through our work, research, and understanding of current and future leadership trends, we now know that organizations will increasingly need a different philosophy, mindset, and approach to support their organizations and leaders to navigate ongoing disruption. Fired Leadership, as you'll see, introduces the five critical leadership qualities that leaders and organizations will need to successfully navigate this ongoing disruption. Currently, leaders who demonstrate these five critical leadership qualities are being sidelined, marginalized, and even fired when they display them. No other leadership philosophy, program, or practitioner talks about these future leader qualities as being critical to the future of leadership. And yet the research clearly corroborates their increasing significance to a leader's ability to lead effectively. As part of this next series of episodes of the GGG Unleashed series, we've been introducing each of these leadership qualities at a high level to show you how to define this leadership quality in your leaders, what it's like when a leader exudes this leadership quality, and the impact on your organization of a leader who demonstrates this leadership quality. By the end of these episodes, you'll have tips to help you and your organizations begin to identify, recruit, onboard, and develop leaders in your current leadership pool and future leadership pipeline who have these much-needed five critical future leadership qualities. Today, we'll talk through the role, value, and impact of a leader who is expressive and challenging. In the context of the future of work, you may be asking why it's important now to talk about leaders who have this leadership quality. Well, challenging the status quo is becoming increasingly important. For instance, 62 million Google hits refer to that search term. It's clearly in demand. More leaders are needed who can provoke and evolve discussions, ideas, and outcomes. Leaders with this quality of being expressive and challenging help to improve the creative thinking process. And why would organizations not want that? It's about not accepting outdated mantras such as we've always done it that way, or if it isn't broke, why fix it? Simply put, leaders need to take more risks, think bigger, be more disruptive in their perspectives. And in order to continue to evolve, organizations must be open to continued challenge. So let's dive in. Words that often come to mind when we hear challenging tend to be provoker, antagonistic, troublemaker. Generally, whenever we hear the term, it's got a negative connotation and is highly correlated with conflict. And that has much to do with our conditioning, as well as how people with a challenger attitude are perceived. In the education environment, in social circles and in the professional world. 
Is it therefore any wonder that organizational and leadership culture tends to see the word in a negative light? But let me ask you, what if the word challenger was reframed and meant something entirely different? What if instead the words that came to mind were an explorer, a champion, a catalyst, brave, courage? What if we need challenges as part of being innovative? How can and does that shift how you perceive leaders who can be viewed as challenging? Let me tell you a story. I was 11 years old. I attended a Catholic school. <clears throat> Let's call him Mr. Doyle. Mr. Doyle was my religion teacher. And I naively, as an 11 year old, asked the question, when will we learn about other religions, Mr. Doyle? The response I got, Catholicism is the only religion you'll ever need to know. Now, as an 11 year old, I wasn't as articulate as I am now. And I remember thoroughly disagreeing with that, upon which there were repercussions in that school. But what I was doing, and I didn't realize it at the time, was that I was challenging the status quo of how it had always been done. No one asked questions, no one upset the apple cart. You see, a challenger is the first often to question and challenge ideas. They provoke to get the best from others. They're naturally curious and they're driven to challenge by purpose and not ego. Let's look at some of the small fraction of research and organizations that embrace this leadership quality already. In her highly regarded article in HBR, Don't Demonize Employees Who Raise Problems, Nilifer Merchant, who herself is a successful technology thought leader, indicates that talent with divergent approaches to solving issues and communicating shine light on blind spots and th that need to be embraced. A key leader quality that un underpins this is the challenger quality. Merchant goes on to argue that organizations need to celebrate the agitations because this shows that talent care about their roles enough to shine the light on organizational issues that can then be addressed. Or let's take Melody Hobson, co-CEO of Aerial Investments, who encourages challenge at every level and would openly challenge her co-CEO as part of pursuing the greater mission of the firm. Bridgewater Associates founder Ray Dalio lets it be known that all employees are expected to challenge their peers and superiors and has embedded a culture of dissent which improves creative thinking and productivity. You see, challenges ask why, and they're driven by something deeper than their own purpose. And leaders with this quality are motivated by focusing on improving efficiencies and getting to the core of an issue quickly. Let me ask you some questions. What are some of the myths that you might hold around leaders who are expressive and challenging? How can you celebrate those leaders in your organization who are agitators? And how are you encouraging or discouraging leaders in your organization who ask why? I'm often asked what it's like to be a challenger and how do you know when you're working with a challenger and how to work effectively with a challenger to ensure the organization and its peers are benefiting from this unique leadership quality? Well, challenges proactively challenge others in ways that align to big picture thinking. We've heard that. They're clear with their intended purpose in communicating with their colleagues, their peers, and their direct reports. And they always actively listen for what is and isn't being said in interactions. You may be surprised to know that challenges typically have high 
and much higher than expected EQ levels. Let me give you an example of where I've demonstrated this leadership quality in my own leadership world. I began my new role as a senior manager in what I'll call big acronym consulting, and I attended my first team meeting, and I was asked to give my honest opinion about what I was hearing. You see, I went against the status quo of the senior partner's perspective because I disagreed with what they said, and I was driven by understanding the bigger picture and vision that that practice had. I asked how the activities aligned to the wider strategy and the bigger picture that was intended to grow the business. Unexpectedly, I would step on ego-based leadership landmines, highlighting groupthink, even though I was hired to challenge the status quo. I found that when I did, there were repercussions. You might be thinking, how do we work with challenges? Are, there any, are they any good? Is it worth working with them? Or to get the best from working with a challenger, consider some of these areas and see how they resonate in your own organization. As part of how you recruit and onboard leaders, ask each leader how they like to communicate and be communicated with. As strange as it might sound, look for opportunities to introduce leaders who can demonstrate anarchist thinking. Remove protocols on how leaders communicate. And focus your coaching with leaders on how to normalize an organizational and leadership culture of being expressive and challenging. Your organization is unique to you, and you'll know what works in your organization. We also discussed in a previous episode how your leaders can leverage a tool that I've developed called Name What You See, a Name What You See moment tool. Leverage this as part of creating and maintaining a leadership culture in which being expressive and challenging is embraced. Shifting gears, let's talk about SurveyMonkey and how it encourages those who challenge the status quo. SurveyMonkey is a brand I'm sure you're all aware of and heard of. Well, during his seven-year tenure, the former CEO, Xander Lurie, made it clear that asking thought-provoking questions and thinking differently was what underpinned the SurveyMonkey culture at all levels. Even to this day, challenging the status quo is at the core of the company's mission and employee values. The company has developed a peer recognition program to what it says reward people who dare to be especially candid. During his reign as CEO, Lurie noted that to create a culture where questions are welcome, he also needed to show that he's open to answering them. Or how about Square Root, an Austin-based technology startup recently acquired by CDK Global? The former director of People and Culture states, the company has taken the stigma out of troublemaking. This was achieved through the company sending a letter to the entire team introducing the concept of a troublemaker. Square Root has embedded the need and expectation to be a troublemaker as part of every staff member and leader role. And feedback so far indicates an increase in both productivity and effectiveness. As you reflect on what you've just heard, think about this. How can you show that you're receptive to challenges in your own organization? How can leaders who are expressive and challenging foster an inclusive organizational and leadership culture? And how will you coach a leader with this quality? Many years ago, I worked with an organization that was helping school kids to become more entrepreneurial in their thinking. And it was taking the idea of being an entrepreneur into the classroom. And I was one of the facilitators over a day long session 
And the idea is to introduce what, what it was like to be an entrepreneur in a school in an impoverished part of London, UK. The team was tasked with presenting a business case at the end of the day to regenerate a seaside city called Blackpool. And as part of that, I was the panel of assessors and helping the team throughout the day. These were 12 to 13-year-old kids. One of the four, so we split them into four, four teams, uh, four in each team. And one of the four team members in one of the teams I was overseeing was perceived as a troublemaker, a troublemaker by the teachers, because he wanted to do things differently, differently from the education system. And unfortunately, he got frustrated with the bureaucracy that was inherent in the whole process. And as part of the work this team was developing, he unfortunately ripped up the three-dimensional model because of his frustration. Now picture the scene. We're working on this for the whole day and there's 45 minutes left. And the teachers at this point wanted to step in and disqualify this team member. He was too expressive and too, too challenging. And I challenged the teacher's approach because I explained that being entrepreneurial was quite different from being a regular school kid. Now we embraced the challenger. We created the conditions for that challenger to be heard and to communicate with other team members. So we looked for opportunities to create a healthy conflict within that team. And guess what? Their communication improved, their visibility, their transparency improved. They worked together more effectively and they demonstrated what I would later come on in my career to call high performance team. And they were working as one team. You see, one of the lessons I learned from that young kid was that he was a challenger in the making. He cut through the crap. And he wanted to look at how to improve processes, and yet he didn't feel heard. Speaking of bureaucratic processes, do you know the true cost of having overly bureaucratic processes in your organization? No? Well, let's take the simple topic of meetings. We've all been in them. Well, research from the University of Nebraska has found that we tend to have about 55 meetings a day across the United States. That's about 23 hours of a manager's time, which can be spent in meetings every week. And did you know that that equates to about half of your individual career being spent in meetings? And the most explosive finding from the University of Nebraska? At least 50% of those meetings are considered unproductive. They don't need to happen. Now, did you know that a leader who exhibits the challenger fired leadership quality can indirectly and directly reduce the cost incurred in your organization by having ineffective meetings. They do this, and they do this because they cut through the crap quickly to highlight inefficient processes. They do this to get to the point of the meeting quickly. And they're also very clear in how they communicate and their expectations, just like that kid I mentioned in the previous story. And by the way, if you're wondering what the estimated cost of bad meetings is each year, it's $213 billion. You heard me correctly. As part of my first book, which I'll reference in the show notes, I interviewed Arcteric's global head of talent acquisition, Joe Brudeau, to gather his perspectives on leadership. You may or may not know that Arcteric is a $200 million Vancouver-based sportswear and sports gear company. It fosters a speak-up culture where others are safe to express their perspectives and challenge others without repercussion. 
It's got an integrated approach to the way it looks at challenges, and they've integrated the challenger quality into their leadership development programs. In its experience, Arcteryx has found that encouraging the challenger quality helps its leaders to identify new perspectives, as well as challenging existing perspectives. And it does so in a way that keeps the focus on how to be aligned to the companies and the individuals overall sense of purpose. I was so enamored by Joel's conversation with me as part of my first book, because he's shown how the challenger quality is critical to the company's overall ability to operate using a teamwork approach, as well as how it listens to everyone who has a contribution to make. Just simply wonderful. I've got some questions for you to ponder on. How do you look for and encourage healthy conflict moments in your leaders? In your organization right now, what do you think the cost of bad meetings is each year? And how do you currently develop the challenger quality in your leaders as part of their leadership development? In this episode, I shared the fourth of the fired leader qualities, expressive and challenging. It's a critical future leadership quality for how organizations identify, recruit, onboard, and develop leaders. You've heard from organizations like Aerial Investments, SurveyMonkey, Square Root, and Arcteryx. The organizations cited in this episode are unfortunately a rarity. In some of our programs offered through my practice, we delve deeper into these organizations and how they are preparing for the future of leadership. You see, in traditional organizations, challenges are very often seen as agitators from the way they communicate and publicly oppose the way we've always done it. As we close this episode, I'd encourage you to consider the following when you next see this leadership quality in your current and future leaders. They do so not from a place of wanting to be the most unpopular leader in the group. They don't enjoy being known as a male content or an instigator. They come from a mindset of genuinely caring for the organization and its ability to meet or exceed its goals. They don't speak out because they need an ego boost. They do so because they're driven by a higher purpose. The vision and the mission matter more to them than dancing around the real issues they see holding the team and the organization back. So by now, I hope You've learned why challenges are important and how to identify them in your own organization. Consider the small amount of research that I've presented in this episode. And if you're a CEO, a VP of HR, or an HR department, ask yourself how your organization can benefit from having leader-level candidates and leaders who are expressive and challenging. Then ask yourself, why is it important to challenge the status quo? And what will happen if we don't? And think about this in terms of an individual leader level, at your organizational level, and at an industry level. What impact, positive or negative, can this leadership quality have on leadership teams and organizations? How can you involve a challenger in a current or planned organizational initiative? And how do you think they can support that initiative? Or how about conducting an assessment of how frequently your leaders are having truly authentic conversations that challenge their own and others' perspectives. So think about how you'll develop this quality in your leaders, how you'll measure the effectiveness of it 
And I'd like you, I challenge you actually, to identify one to three activities that you can conduct right now that will positively impact how leaders who demonstrate this quality are identified, recruited, onboarded in your organization. And finally, remember the practical tips and guidance I introduced earlier on how to get the most out of working with leaders who demonstrate this quality. Ask them how they like to be communicated with and how they like to communicate. Look for opportunities to introduce areas where they can demonstrate anarchist thinking. Remove protocols on how these leaders communicate. And think about normalizing and embracing an organizational and leadership culture of being expressive and challenging. If you're seeking more insight into how leaders who are expressive and challenging are identified or want to understand the impact that they can truly have, reach out to me on LinkedIn. We'll send you a Fired Leader Handbook. Just message me handbook. Did you know that we run Fired Leadership Labs to help people like you, hiring managers, chief people officers, VPs of HR and CEOs, to understand these Fired Leader qualities in more detail and basically how to integrate them into how you identify, recruit, onboard, and develop your current leaders. The world's first fired leadership program is being deployed as we speak to a range of different beta audiences from different diverse organizations. If you'd like to be part of this, find me on LinkedIn and message me to start a conversation. We're also developing an e-learning and a video-based learning version of the program that will be available soon. Oh, and one last thing. Did I mention that my first book is coming out on the 28th of November? It will be accompanied by an end-to-end companion guide that will help you successfully introduce these fired leadership qualities into your organization. Guess what? That companion guide is free of charge. Go to the link in the show notes to grab a copy of my book, and when it's released, you'll have access to the companion guide through my website. Thanks for listening today. This has been a challenging episode. And I hope you understand the role and the increasing impact that these types of leader qualities can have on maximizing the effectiveness of your organization and approach to leadership. Until the next time, take care. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning about the future of leadership. We'll be back next month with Paul for another episode. But until then please visit Paul's website for additional resources at paulmacleadership.com. And until next time, don't let the shift hit your plans.